KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Gutterworks. Here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, good morning, good Saturday, and a wonderful day to you. Hopefully you are uh, sustaining, maintaining, and getting past today's hot temperatures. It's a dandy one here, and it's going to get warmer as we go, so we will probably talk about air conditioning systems. Yep, your house changing and updating your filter system. That's important to keep the uh, air flowing through your furnace or air handler as we call it basically the thing that blows the air around your house in a forced air system or in another system if you've got a window air conditioning a split system whatever it is make sure that unit is in being is being maintained in a good uh, serviceable manner uh, which what you and I can do is just keep the critter clean uh, this is the home improvement show two hours today 10 phone lines 314 Three six seven nine hundred toll free eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. As we get a little warmer, uh, many of us are dealing with flood and high waters. All those things that uh, you know we take for granted the other times in our lives when. You know, it's not so, but by golly, you know, it's a doggone wet thing. Oh, and, and if you don't have water coming up around your ankles and knees, the humidity is just full of it in the air. Yep, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Today's topic is you, yours, heat, air conditioning, comfort, ceiling, all the maintenance things around your home. Uh, perhaps you're working pretty hard on finishing your basement, your bathroom, building a deck. For all the do-it-yourself folks, bring it on. We are here for everybody as well as those that looking for, and eh, maybe it's uh, the other part where they're hopefully getting a pro to help. Uh, also, maintenance around the home. Simple things that you and I take for granted, like maybe tightening that loose doorknob. Uh, yeah, come on. It, it, the little things mean a lot. Luxury to me is things operating correctly as they're designed and intended. That's it. You know, it, if I turn on a light, I want it on. You know, if I turn it off, I want it to go off. If I turn on the radio, I want to hear it and have volume. All those simple things around the house. Screens. This morning, it was kind of nice and cool. Uh, it may only been for two hours. You know, I get up a little bit early and open up the windows, air out the windows. Anyway, so around the Mosby household, that's one of the, you know, regular occurrences. You know, you get up around 90 degrees, 80, 85, you know, where we're, you know, sneaking up here this afternoon. Uh, you know, it, it, morning time is the time to air out the home. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby here. My day job is Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947 by my father. Uh, what we do is anything residential remodeling. Uh, typically, we are licensed architects. We have every flavor and stage of interior designer, certified kitchen and bath designers, um, aging in place, uh, all the things that it takes. Because by definition, in 47, we were founded as a construction company. Throughout those next 20, 30 years, my dad discovered that that was only half the plan. Having a really good architect and designer and planning you know, plan the work and work the plan remains Mosby Building Arts method. That's just it. Failure to plan 
is planning to fail. So all these little euphemisms that have been around forever. So my message to you today is whether you're building a doghouse, a deck, um, just repairing a doorknob, changing or fixing a screen, maybe reglazing a storm window, whatever it is, make sure you get all your tools and materials first. Uh, research how to go about doing it. Ask people. Call 314-436-7900. Find out how to do it here, right here on CAMOX. Uh, you may be dealing with receding floodwaters. Now what do I do? Uh, you know, hopefully uh, if you're in the areas that are, ha- you know, handling flood, you may have been through this before. Maybe I can ask you what's the best method. And I assure you, in the family of CAMOX, the listeners, Everybody that's within the sound of my voice, we have the answer. Uh, it, it's not just me here. This is the University of Camwex family. It, it we'll have listeners' answers, experiences, lookout fors, you know, all sorts of things right here. We're going to share it. Uh, anyway, my day job's Mosby Building Arts. We are architects, construction people. Our kind of, not to business jargon you, but Everything that didn't work, you know, in, in your projects before, uh, you know, like this guy didn't show up or I called him seven times and he still didn't show up on time and schedules and all that, that's all kind of how our industry is, uh, the remodeling and construction industry, pretty independent rascals. So we as a company just went into that business. So we're vertically integrated, which means we have a whole bunch of trades together, um, all as employees of Mosby Building Arts. And then we have trade partners we actually train as if they were employees on, you know, be careful. We This is how you return a phone call. This is where you park. This is what a drop cloth is. Clean up after yourself. All those, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third things, third grade things that uh, our parents hopefully taught us. And training is reteaching it because it's the simple things that mean a lot. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together here by phone. Or if you're somewhere outside that listening area, anywhere on the planet, 800-925-1120. This is, I don't know, I've been here a long time. Uh, 22 years, something like that on Saturdays. By golly, I enjoy this. Uh, A lot of people are uh, really... um, you know, part depending on this radio station and show, as well as I likewise, to kind of share what I know and kind of pay it forward, all those sorts of things that, you know, make our world kind of fun. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We have an array of questions for you right here on University of Camworks. I am Scott Mosby, truly at your service, and I will answer your questions. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, folks, Scott Mosby back with you here. There is going to be a special event, Kitchen Seminar, coming up July 13th. That's Kitchen Seminar, and when I say a special event, there's cooking and food involved, showing appliances. This is at Roth Living, R-O-T-H. RSVP is necessary, um, and that is by calling Mosby Building Arts, 314-909-1800, or you can go online at callmosby.com and check under 
Finder seminars. So that's uh, those are great events. Uh, the food is phenomenal. Uh, the appliances are really impressive. And the connection between good tools to good food are really shared. Uh, let's go to the phone lines and get going. My friend Denny is on the line. Denny, good morning. Welcome to Camwex, my friend. How can I help? Good morning, Scott. I think I've been listening to you for all 22 years that you mentioned. Oh, <laughs> so happy, happy to call in. Thank you. Yes, um, so attic ventilation, yeah. we're going to have a new roof put on. We haven't actually got it started yet, but we had some hail damage. And so I got up early this morning to look at my attic ventilation, specifically like the intake portion. I, mm-hmm. I do have a ridge vent, but I don't really have great intake ventilation and i'm trying to figure out what to do about it the traditional kind of two by four the the bird board or whatever you call it i don't really have that type of construction i don't really have the ability to kind of have that uh, intake through the soffit like that and and part of it is due to the type of construction also some of it is the pitch of the roof so my question is do some of the gable vents you know like the uh powered fans or solar fans, or is that a good idea for me? Um, uh, or but Only if you have a hip roof, really, if you just have no other um, method. But the problem is you still need the supply or intake air because if you put a powered evacuator vacuum fan on your roof and there's no intake, it sucks all the air-conditioned or heated air out of the inside of your house, bringing with it through all the insulation, you know, fiberglass or dust or, you know, so uh, you don't want even a ridge vent without intake because it's better. You need that, you need more supply, about roughly 60% supply or intake and 40% exhaust or ridge vent, pan vents, whatever that high stuff is. Uh, power Scott, vents a, we use only on hip roofs when there's just no other choice. Sorry, there's a there's a one of the major shingle manufacturers makes something called a fascia vent, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a fibrous material, and I guess you cut like an inch back of the roof sheathing or the decking. And what what are your thoughts about those? I love that. It, it's all in the right place. Um, so I mean, and that is the time to do it because when you're stripping the roof off. Uh, in most roofs, when you're ready for a roof, you know, those gutter boards and this, you know, all that stuff kind of needs a little attention usually anywhere. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, gutters that need at least a good look-see uh, to get checked out for leaks and such. So this is where I'm a big advocate of systems, and a new roof to me is fascia, gutters, ventilation, shingles, you know, flashing. So I, I think you're thinking about this, you know, Denny, in the perfect place, the perfect way. Um, and that is one of the better, most clever solutions of pretty low impact as they just kind of move that fascia or gutter board just a little bit further away and, mm-hmm. you know, create this mini overhang and then they filter the inlet. I think it's pretty slick. You, now, keep in mind, whoever does that has to run the engineering so that you get the amount of free airspace or F period A period S, we refer FAS free air. Mm-hmm. Basically, you get enough cubic feet of air on intake to match the t- cubic feet of air on exhaust, just like on an automobile vacuum cleaner or whatever it is. But is there, is there such a thing as too much intake? Nope. Yeah, that's what I had thought, because it's kind of like a chimney, right? Your firebox is pretty big, but your chimney is nine inches, so. Yep. Yep. It, well, okay. your firebox is pretty big, but still the aperture, the, the flue 
pipe is still only 12 inches around, 14 inches around. So even though you've got a big firebox, that has to do with the turbulence or how that firebox vents up through that pipe. So there's a transitional um, turbulence that occurs. So you have to, the engineering of getting a fireplace opening correct is big time, just as important as it is on the intake on attic ventilation. Just just listening to you talk, you're, you're going to do just fine because you're thinking about all the right things. Well, and I, what I forgot to mention is we are getting new gutters as well. So when they're yanking the gutters down, it's a great time to install this. But but you you are a fan of this uh, fascia venting. And uh, if because yeah. as I don't really have any other solution, it seems like that's a good idea at this point. Well, it's the better. There is another choice. You can go up the roof about two or three feet, and they pretty much put like a, you know, if you take a ridge vent and you saw it in half, uh, they put a, you know, an intake vent that looks kind of like a bump on a log. Uh, it's mm-hmm. low profile, and when you don't have any other options, uh, that's possible. But it, you know, it, it unless you have a, an architectural roof that has multiple colors and textures to it, you know, it looks pretty weird on a three-tab shingle because it's it's a one-inch raise. It it does have intake, but it's not nearly as good as that extended uh, soffit that you're describing. That and there are other manufacturers that do that, but it, it's 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 just in the right place, Denny. That's why I'm so bullish on it. Cool. Okay, well, great. That's a perfect answer. That's what I was hoping to get. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your service, Scott. Yeah, yeah just watch out your free airspace and the rating of your ridge vent because your ridge vent per foot will have an FAS rating of, you know, like 1.67 or something like that. And then make sure that all the linear feet add up to where you have a little more um, intake than you do exhaust. Again, just for a crude number, 60% intake, 40% exhaust because Mother Nature, sun, heat rises, all it evacuates through your ridge vent dandy. And it, this Perfect. may lower your uh, heating and cooling bills because your ridge vent will stop sucking all that expensive air out of the inside of your house. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay, well, thanks for the advice, Scott. Denny, good timing, man. You just couldn't be doing the right thing at the right time any better. You're, you're on the bubble. Okay, thanks. All right, sir. Bye now. <laughs> Bye. There we go. Denny's thinking in a system, and, and you know, oh, I've got to spend for a roof, and you know, or maybe you get hail damage. By golly, we've had a little bit of that. You know, and now he's, well, maybe this is the time to look. It's free to ask the questions. Actually, when you start asking questions about ventilation, um, methods to add ventilation, uh, even talk about insulation in the attic as well, uh, gutters, downspouts, you get the opportunity when you're doing gutters to rethink where the downspouts belong. Do I have enough? Are they in the right place? Are they in the right place to get the water off the roof? Are they in the right place for my mulch down at the base? Maybe I can move them to the right or the left a foot, you know, 10 feet or a foot or whatever it is. So keep in mind, thinking as a system holistically, you get to solve issues you may not have known you were creating problems with. Uh, Let's see my buddy here, Stan. Hey, Stan, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How you doing, my friend? Hi, Scott. I'm fine. Thank you. Say about three weeks ago, you had uh, made some kind of a comment about kind of rehabbing your patios and uh, power wash between the bricks to get rid of all the old seeds and everything that were sprouting all the grass and stuff up. Yeah, for pavers. Yes, sir. After uh, spraying all the weeds with Roundup and everything, uh, I heard your program a couple of days later, so I thought, well, that's what I need to do. 
So um, I called up Mosby, and uh, they told me that they could handle the job for me because I'm handicapped. I need to get get by with two quad canes, and it's kind of tough for me to spray wash and do all the other stuff. So <laughs> I understand. Kevin came out and, and spray washed the patio a week and a half or so ago. And he was back yesterday, and he put the lock sand down. Mm-hmm. And, Scott, the patio looks like it did when it was brand new 25 years ago. Oh, man. I'm glad to hear that, Stan. Thank you. Thank you. I, so I really appreciate your your uh, um, letting, letting us know about this product, because I didn't have any idea that there was such a thing as lock sand. Oh, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> anyhow, um, it's about a 15-foot, 15 by 15 by 15 foot patio and uh, like I say Kevin just did a fantastic job on it looks great oh he's a great guy and that guy knows some stuff too oh, you know every time yeah. I prod Kevin and it's like oh, I didn't know you knew that or that you know and you know I know some stuff so I talk to these guys and man we've got some smart birds so thank you Stan I'll pass along his the compliment it's a very very good job thank you all right sir thank you bye now. And and what Stan's talking about is having a paver. You know, Stan was out spraying. You know the the weeds on his on his patio, a paver patio. I've got a driveway that's pavers, beautiful. I mean, my wife and I we plan the work and work the plan. Might have taken us fifteen or eighteen years to get all that stuff done. You know, which not uncommon for homeowners here in the Midwest. It's just how, how it is. Well, so the. After three, four, five years of rain, erosions, you know, freeze, thaw, uh, snow plows, uh, snow shovels, lawnmowers, trucks, you know, those pavers move around. They're made on a very strong base. But the sand in between uh, gets, you know, um, moved around. So then the birds fly over, put droppings into the sand. They find that little crack between the stone and the sand. And it's a, it's a very happy little weed. Well, that stuff, as you get too many weeds, that's Mother Nature saying, okay, it's time to kind of pull out that sand, the top inch of it, because your pavers usually are about two and a half inches to four, four inches, five, sometimes five inches thick, depending upon, you know, whether you're you know, driving fire trucks on it or just automobiles or bicycles. Uh, difference between patios, sidewalks, driveways, and then heavy commercial driveways. Anyway, all that stuff. So then you just put in a sand back in. You recondition the surface of that paver surface. Well, then there's this lock sand, and it's just a very jagged, irregular sand. It has a little bit of kind of a vinyl additive into it or acrylic that kind of glues it together. And it really, you know, so for the next four years, basically, you know, the weeds are pretty much not at all, you know, you get a real buy from it. And then five, six, seven, depending upon how the freeze and thaws in the winters are, how cold it gets, that's how long your lock sand or your sand system. But like people say pavers don't require maintenance. Amen. Everything requires maintenance. Scott Mosby here, CamWax. We'll be right back for more. University of CamWax got started with Denny and Stan on two great questions here on University of KMOX. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here. Phone lines open 314 436 7900 800 925 1120. If you notice the cards and the Padres, they, you know, eight o'clock tonight is, you know, pregame and such. Holy smokes, you can tell which coast they're on. Uh, it, it was interesting during the Blues uh, uh, Stanley Cup final. 
golly, you could tell by the time of the game pretty much where they were playing. Uh, let's go back and visit with my friend Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. Scott Mosby here. How can I help you, my friend? Hey, Scott. I just wanted to echo that other uh, listener's comments on how important and valuable this show is to all of us folks in the Midwest and maybe further. Thank just uh, I can't think of another show that KMOX puts on that helps more people not only get on top of things but pre- prevent f- problems be- from becoming bigger problems and costing us all a lot more money. So I just thank you for all the years you've been doing this and come in every Saturday and selfish- selflessly help us. And I know you know what you're talking about, and when you don't, you admit that too. And it just really helps us, and I want to th- say thanks. Well, thank you, Jay. Uh, no one person is as small as smart as all of us. That was that was one of my big fears: was how can I know all these answers? Well, it took me a while to realize I don't need to know the answers. I've got a whole lot of help and friends. But you know who to ask, and you know anyway. Yeah. I have a big project about ready to come up, and I'm going to be replacing a third roof on my house. It's over my family room. Mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, Copper gutters, they go 20 feet to the east, 20 feet to the north, and 20 feet back into the building on the, on the west side. Okay. All one gutter, only one downspout on that. On the east side, above where the gutters attached to those fascia boards, those face boards that are basically nailed to the roof ends of the roof um, rafters. Right. Oh, gosh, every two, three, four, five inches squirrel holes oh, eight through-, through the wood above my gutter all and you can hear them in the winter time scurrying around on there raising their families mm. so my roofer who's really good said the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get rid of that family mm. of squirrels they think that's their home he said it'll take us a ruling from the supreme court to get them out of there and they'll still <laughs> fight you yeah i agree <laughs> well I've tried to trap them. Uh, I've got a few. Uh, I don't know if it's those, that family necessarily. could be another family somewhere. And the mice will crawl up my bricks because it has texture mm-hmm. every night and go in there and eat all the peanuts out of that trap. So you end up just feeding the mice and not getting any squirrels yeah. or not getting as many. What could I do? What I'm going to have to do is replace, go around with my scaffolding on all three sides this year. And, you know, I've got wood rotting up there. I've got the squirrels have eaten the ends of my rafters off. I've got to scab those new ones in, maybe put a a sill board down. Who knows? I'll do it if I have to. But more importantly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get those squirrels out via trap, that family. So is there a piece of thin aluminum or something that gets along with copper, Scott? Some metal that gets along with copper, like stainless steel, plating that I could put thin plating uh, back it up there so there's no way they could eat through to those holes again? Well, the problem is the ferrous, non-ferrous metal getting along with copper. The metal to stop, I mean, you're talking the only thing that gets close is a fairly heavy gauge galvanized steel. Well, galvanized steel doesn't get along. The zinc there doesn't get along too well with the copper, so you wind up with electrolysis, the penny, the nickel, the penny, and, you know, between your tongue mm-hmm. and all that. So it's it's the, the problem with the copper. And even what we call in the industry brake metal, B-R-A-K-E, meaning bent up coil stock or flat metal, we bend it up and cover these things. Squirrels eat through that like it's paper. Uh, so until you get to steel, and I mean real steel 
um, those critters are going to eat through all that. The good news is um, now's the time to do it. You're going about this the right way to get the soffit, the fascia, and all of that. But I, I wouldn't even start the repairs until you get those squirrels out of there. And this may go on for six or eight months. They, because Now, keep in mind, um, I lived out in Eureka for years in the woods. Loved it. Loved it. Well, some of those good old boys, I was telling them about squirrels, trapping squirrels. Squirrels are territorial, uh, and they will move as much as 7 to 10 miles to come back home. So uh, oh, that guy was saying, he's like, oh, haven't you ever heard of a ridge runner? Like, nope. He says, that's a term for a squirrel. They'll come home. Even crossing rivers, you know, they've known to get across water bodies. So, you know, some people in St. Louis County take them over across the river, you know, into Fenton and uh, Valley Park. You know, one guy sprayed the tail uh, fluorescent orange. It took about a month and a half, and that critter came back, and he headed across the Merrimack River. That's what my roofer told me. If they think that they're very territorial. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I learned that. But yeah, you're getting really good advice on these critters. But um, keep in mind, just for your own safety up on that scaffolding, doing those repairs, we've had squirrels come jumping out of those gutter boards when we're doing repairs at Mosby. Oh, it happens to me all the time. I mean, they're cleaning my gutters out, and the guy comes right out in my face, scares the hell out of you. Yeah, well, you're up in the air, brother. You know, it's you don't bounce so well. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a safety issue. Uh, it's not just critters, but uh, this is very important. You may need a pro to, you know, help you do these critters. Um, I've, you know, some people give him swimming lessons. I've got a golf buddy that, uh, you know, hooks him up to an exhaust pipe of his car and a trash bag and all kinds of things to, because they propagate so fast. So, well, Scott, can I just, let's just say I get my wallet out and I go to Shapiro or wherever I get some steel. What, uh, I go that route because I'm losing my patience with these guys. I can't, I can't take the whole summer off and waste this valuable warm weather not getting these repairs done because I'm waiting to trap squirrels. I, yeah. Could I just use, a, you said steel, yeah, real gal- steel will get gal- along with copper? Yeah, galvan. no, it won't. That's the problem. If you put galvanized steel, you need to put a gasket or a membrane between that uh, galvanized okay. zinc. Uh, so I would urge you to go ahead and get these uh, squirrels stopped and then wear your gutters remount back on as copper. Put a gasket between it that uh, just where the gutter is so that because the squirrels will eat the, and this could be uh, rubber. It could be rubber roofing as a gasket. Uh, it could be okay. a piece of roll roofing, asphaltic roof. Uh, it could be ice and water shield, which is kind of a stick on like a big scotch yeah. tape uh, asphaltic roof roll. Something to separate those two materials because electrolysis will happen and it'll eat through the copper or abandon the copper gutters you know there you go but i know that's may not be a a good choice for you i don't want to do that they're too valuable yeah yeah just well Uh, just keep in mind it's a you're you're going about this the right way all i can do is really endorse what you're doing and say yeah if you think you went far enough uh go back and go a little too far on the gasket or okay i'll go with the thick rubber gasket i can get those and that'll be a barrier between but then can i put that up next to uh, real steel that i paint yes yes with the ga- as long as there's the gasket between the gutter and that steel. Uh, yes, yes, and you're so going to be the two metals don't to... have any contact whatsoever. Amen. And watch the nails. 
Keep in mind, you're going to perforate this uh, with a some you know a copper nail or a galvanized nail. So uh, you like, I would suggest you do this with ice and water shields so it sticks gooey, and then use copper nails to mount those copper gutters, and you're going to nail a hole through that galvanized metal. But I, I think that's probably your best choice. What's the metal again? Where do you, where do I get that galvanized metal? Galvanized metal, just it's, it's just galvanized sheet metal. Uh, it's sold okay. in in four by eight sheets. Uh, f- this you know the in the old school the for example the sheet metal workers you know guys that bend stuff up that that's stock mm-hmm. and trade for them four by eight sheets and two by five you know rolls and um, but what just, gauge Scott? What how thick? Uh, Sixteen gauge or better. Okay, sixteen or better, and then they won't—they will not eat through that stuff. Uh, well, they'll try, but uh, they'll give up because it's too hard. So uh, again, you get down—you okay. get to the sheet metal. When you feel it, when you touch it, you'll know. Uh, if you go to a big box store, say Lowe's, Home Depot, and you go to the sheet metal for the ductwork and such, that's mm-hmm. metal that's too thin. You start messing around with that, and then go to the flue um, tear area, like for a chimney flue for a gas furnace, and then look yep. at that and see the thickness in that metal. Tap on that, handle that, get some of those 90 degree. You'll know the difference of what exactly what I'm talking about because ductwork doesn't need to be that thick. But, you know, you start getting the heat and such, that ductwork gets thicker. Okay. Okay, and I'll get some nice rubber grommets and get that uh, gutter elevated then after so it runs better. And oh, yeah. hopefully those critters will, will be looking somewhere else. So Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I would, um, uh, even after you finish this project, I'd probably keep a contract with a pest control, you know, somebody like a Rottler or, a, you know, some Holper, somebody that knows their business around these critters. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate all your help, always. All right, Jay, good luck. And don't let those critters come jumping out at you on that scaffolding, man. <laughs> all righty. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. Scott Mosby, home improvement. Uh, I, I enjoy helping. This is, um, I learned a lot of this stuff from my dad. Uh, he's gone now, but uh, this is a way I honor and keep that memory alive. Uh, many of you know or knew my dad, um, or at least uh, have interacted with the business he founded. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a family thing. Uh, um, anyway, we consider it a family business, our family as well, beyond blood now to all the associates, employees, trade partners, and clients. Once you're part of the Mosby family, you're part of the family. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here. Let's go right back to the phone line, see what's happening with my buddy Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. How can I help, sir? Good morning. I've got a 20 year old deck that I'm wanting to, to stain it. The joists and everything are good underneath it. And, uh, I know it's going to suck up that stain like a sponge, <laughs> and I'm wondering is that the best uh, is that the best route to go? I know they make that four times that thick stuff, and and I'm just wondering what the best route is to take on that. Uh, on refinishing it, Bob, I'm not a big fan of the thick stuff. The thick stuff is a great way to buy a few more years of a dead deck. So if you weren't willing to really go to a real, if everything's in good shape but it's old wood and the wood's still worth uh, keeping, you know, sometimes you repair a board, replace a board or two. And But if you're willing to stain that deck or sand it, uh, you can get a good, um, you know, semi-transparent or transparent 
different deck finish on there, that that is the, the right way to do it. Once you put that real thick stuff on there, and it works, the problem is it's on an old, old deck, and the substrate just won't hold any coating without some serious effort. So you put a bunch of this thick stuff on, two years later it chips off, now you have to replace the deck because you can't recoat that stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's like a coat of concrete. So it's good product, does what it says, but generally if you're going to do that, you have just ended the life of the deck unless you're willing to continually patch that, you know, and touch it up like any painted system on an old, old piece of wood. Yeah, that's that's what I was concerned about. What I was going to do, I, was, I really wasn't planning on sanding it. This deck is like 40 feet by 10 feet. Okay. And uh, it's huge, and it's off the ground about eight feet. But what I was thinking, I'd just uh, taken a, a, you know, like a 2,000-pound pressure spare uh-huh. and then uh, use a deck cleaner and deck brightener. Oh, yeah, man, you're on it. Yeah. And and then uh, and then go with a, a, good, uh, a good stain. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking right there with you. You're doing great. You may, if you hit it, be careful your pressure washer because what it takes to get that deck clean will actually blow your wood apart. So you may need to put a little sanding on it when you're done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what I'm looking for is, is a brand. Do you have a good brand? You know, I know you get what you pay for. So is there a good brand of stain that, that I can that I can use on that? that well, let me, yeah. When, when, let me say this, uh, we like the professional type brands, the Sherwin Williams, uh, we like the Benjamin Moore. I like the, um, um, those, uh, it, Porter has a good one, but generally we'll go to something like a Sherwin Williams type brand. Um, and, and keep in mind, a really good deck stain on a 20 year old deck is going to last you two to three years anyway. That's it. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, you know, I get wrinkles, uh, only so much sunscreen and not going to remove the wrinkles. I'm still, you know, wrinkled. So. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. I understand that. Okay. Hey, uh, I got one more question. I've got a, yeah. I've got a stamp, stamped concrete patio, and uh, it's got an acrylic sealer on it. And yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to go ahead and seal that again. So I have to use acrylic unless I wanted to strip it off. And uh, I'm looking for uh, a, something that'll make it that give it that wet look. You know, I've, I've used like three or four other uh, stain, or sealers, and they say the wet look, but it doesn't give them the wet look. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, acrylic, uh, you're looking for acrylic. I would go to a professional supply house. I see these acrylic finishes uh, at the big boxes and the hardware stores. You just need to get to somebody that says this is the right product. But if it's not a shiny finish, uh, and, and just say I'm looking for the wet look, uh, and then, you know, just uh, scrub off a piece of the corner and, you know, pop the corner and just paint, you know, maybe two inches by two inches. You'll know if it's wet. Look, it takes a day. But when you use an acrylic um, um, sealer on this, Bob, it absolutely must be dry, dry, dry. And I mean, we aren't anything we've had already from spring to now. It The concrete won't dry out enough. So... It not, right. Yeah, you need August, September, I mean, scorching hot, really, you know, sunny days and no rain to get five days of real dry to get that concrete where you're just, otherwise you're trapping with this clear um, glass-like surface and then it'll just fog. And then it may, you want to see an ugly looking stamped concrete or exposed aggregate, you get a fogged acrylic finish because the acrylic finish is a magnifier of beauty or ugliness because you see right through it. So it, by golly, better be a good looking thing. 
and that means yeah, really dry. Yeah, and that, I'd have that that glossy shine on it now. And uh, I guess what I'm going to do is wait until the. It's not good to put it on when it's over like eighty or ninety degrees. Also, I believe. Right, right. It's and the temperature. Well, number one, it'll flash uh, set too fast. So just uh, just the chemistry of that. It's just too hot. You'll cook the uh, sealer before it dries. Uh, so you need, I mean, it's, it's just a big deal to get all that right. Now, keep in mind on stamped concrete, uh, there's some colorants that go in there too. So there's more than just sealing it. If this is three or four years old and you're going to reseal it, you'll be okay. But if this thing's 10 or 12 years old, you may need to have a concrete, a stamped concrete guy come in because there are colors that go on that and basically re finish that thing and then seal it. So, yeah, yeah. It's only like... Uh, probably four years old, I think. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd do just the clear sealer. Give it a good bath. Rinse it down. Um, uh, don't use any solvents on it, uh, but let it dry out. And then a good a coating of that acrylic sealer. And, and we basically, some guys pump, spray, or apply it, and then back roll it. Some just back roll it, just roll it to apply. But either way, uh, you get pretty much one application of that stuff, and it has to be dry so it soaks in. And um, they do they put... Uh, do they put uh, that darkens in it? You know that that darkens it. The acrylic sealer that darkens the. Well, they do, but now you need to be a pro with that because that's now you're half a painter faux finisher. You, you know what I mean by faux f a u x, uh, where you're actually yeah. painting colorant onto a. You need to know what you're doing with that. I know all about it, and I wouldn't touch the stuff because I, my skills just aren't suitable. I don't have the experience to know when I add this and this, I get that. You know. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm in your shoes, brother. It's like, well, what do I do to get that? It's like, well, you call him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's a where's a pro supply house for concrete? You know, can you give me? Something? Oh, new new way n u w a y new way concrete. Uh, they sell that acrylic. Uh, you just go in and say, I'm looking for acrylic finish, wet look, and you know they've got that. You can buy the silicone there. Um, there's uh, oh, it used to be F W Clemens and and uh, anyway, any, any place you buy sand and gravel and mesh and concrete stuff. That's okay. Great, great. And, Thank and, you very much. Please. And a good hardware store has this stuff, too, but you need to find a good bird, you know, a smart guy that knows all about this. And you know them when you hit you hit them, you know. Exactly. That's, that's the whole thing. You can go to the hardware store, but they, they're not going to be experts in, yeah. you know, any certain thing. They may be a jack-of-all-trades, but they're... <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Bob, that's how I pick uh, vendors and trade partners. I know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, but I'm a generalist. If they don't know more than me, you're not my guy. You know, I, it's like, right. if I'm the smartest kid in the book, well, I'm in trouble because I'm not a concrete guy. So, yeah, that, that <laughs> sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Bob, good luck. See you. Uh, Bye. Home, home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camelot. Stay tuned, news, weather, and sports. It's going to be a hot, 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 hot. Did I say it was going to be hot? Today, oh. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Gutterworks. Here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, we are live and lively. Hour two, the uh, Helitech Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks. If you're looking for some gutters, I mean, we've had rain. Have you? Ha, did you? Did you notice? Yeah, that. Yeah. Well. The yards are happy, uh, the plants are happy, the weeds are happy. Well, yeah, anyway, uh, so get the water handled correctly. 
We've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free anywhere around the world, 800-925-1120. If you want to take me with you or tune into any CAMOX, it's radio.com. Yeah, that's the one that gets CAMOX. Podcast, many of you I know uh, take the podcast, download the podcast from the, the CAMOX Home Improvement Show and, you know, play those various times. I know so I get questions and uh, emailed throughout the week um, to, to Mosby Building Arts, my day job, if you will, asking what, what was the name of that product that Scott mentioned. So anyway, that you can also run back through the radio.com podcast and that's radio.com. Uh, it's an app you can put on your phone. It's it's just a it's the it's the way. It's a great app by the way. Then you can listen to pretty much anything anywhere. Uh, so just again, I'm another shout out for the radio.com app and podcast. You can take me with you anytime, any place. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I'm Scott Mosby, uh, owner of Mosby Building Arts. So we are in our, oh, I don't know, 72nd year, I think, uh, uh, something like that. Uh, been around a long time. Uh, since uh, 1947, I'm a second generation uh, builder, general contractor, um, come into uh, design build. Uh, really, it's kind of around the Frank Lloyd Wright concept of I don't care who you are, what you call yourself, you all get together, get everything you need and perform the project to satisfaction. So anyway, that's it. You, 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 the designers can't do it by themselves. The builders can't do it by themselves. It takes all of those, including the client, very uh, involved in guiding because uh, as good as we are at building stuff, we need to hear how and what you want. So it's very important. Anyway, that's the the business mantra for Mosby Building Arts is uh, listening very carefully and working very hard to make the plans match exactly what you want so the construction team can focus on a really good job and get her done in a way that is sustainable. Let's uh, go right to the phone lines here and talk to a very patient friend of mine, John. Hey, John, good afternoon. Welcome to Kim Wex. Thanks for getting us started here. How can I help? Hey, Scott. I had a, uh, unfortunately, I had a uh, catastrophic failure with our air conditioner yesterday. Ooh. And uh, I've got uh, the folks who installed it when we built the house, you know, 18 years ago, um, are taking care of me. And I'm getting that uh, replaced next week. But one of the options that they had on there was a uh, healthy climate air cleaner, mm-hmm. which is, a, I guess, a filtration system that, uh, you know, it's, he said it was a MERV 11 rating, whatever that means. Uh-huh. And, but it's only an annual change on that filter. And so I was just wondering your thoughts on a system like that versus, um, you know, the filters you change out monthly. Uh, what is the size of that filter? Tell me, is it the four inch thick, uh, filter? Um, you know, I don't know right offhand. Yeah. Um, Here's the math on all this. They used to have electronic air cleaners. Um, They still have electronic air cleaners that are uh, positive and electric uh, charges that actually attract the dust. Uh, They pop. They're a little noisier. They used to be. Uh, Those fell out of favor because they were expensive. They needed maintenance and they were electric. Then they went to this heavy media uh, and they started getting into filtering out more allergens by the MER uh, higher numbers filter out smaller particulates. 
and pollen, dust mite, critters like that. So the higher number was better. The issue is the higher the number, the less airflow. It's just a tighter fabric weave. Uh, then they got into, okay, well, when we do that, maybe we just lower the MERV down to maybe a 7, 8, 9, 10, and we'll just have a lot more surface area. So they had 4-inch pleated, which looked like 4-inch pleated shades on a window blind. And that's what, mm-hmm. and those are just removable, and, and that's what I have in my house. I don't really want anything as high-tech as electronic. Um, and I tend to play around... 8, 9, 10 in the MERV rating because, uh, frankly, it's what you bring into the house, not necessarily what you filter out of it. So if you're really interested in getting clean air, get rid of your carpeting, period. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Or pets Well, that's or a project for later. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, anyway, but don't get a MERV 11 if, you're, if you still have, you know, 10 pounds of dust in your carpeting, you know, even with the best vacuum cleaner. So... Again, I like good filtration systems. I like the the replaceable, disposable ones, and I don't get too hung up on more is always better. So the MERV numbers, uh, you know, if I've got a problem where I need a MERV 10 or 11, I, I've got other issues of it getting into the house than I do getting it filtered out of the air. Okay. Fantastic. Now, I will say this, uh, buy closer to the top of the line because the more cool stuff you get, uh, the more control you have over it, energy efficiency. And uh, again, there is some internet connectability of thermostats. I thought I didn't want that. Then I did. So, you know, I bought two thermostats in the last few years because I, I didn't want to spend the money. You know, well, golly, I do like turning it down three hours before. I like, you know, warming up the house when I'm gone and cooling it off when I'm there, you know. Right. Okay. I appreciate it, Scott. Yes, sir, John. Again, it's, uh, you know, don't go too far, but don't get caught going not far enough because then you just wind up spending it twice. Right. Exactly. All right, sir. Take care. Bye. Thank you. All right, we got us going here. It's uh, ready to go. I've got some phone lines open, and we've got some really cool critter questions coming your way here on KMOX. You want to be part of this? Bring it on, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I am Scott Mosby. I am committed to you, and this is the Helpful Hotline at KMOX. She's having their baby. An Illinois woman decides to carry a child for a couple she met just weeks ago. Why she wanted to become a surrogate and how she's preparing to hand over a newborn. Here at Monday on Total Information AM. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here at the microphone. We've got Bosco, my little pet gerbil, in the treadmill behind me turning out electricity to make this broadcast happen. We're going to visit my friend here, Tom, a very patient Tom. Thank you for holding on. Tom, good afternoon. How can I help, my friend? Yes. Uh, My son had a problem very similar to what your guest did with the squirrels. Yes, in the attic. Yeah, he spent couple thousand dollars uh, getting rid of the squirrels and getting things fixed. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, he got a dog. He hasn't had a squirrel problem since. Wow. Territorial predator, huh? Yeah, and it was a, a two-story house with a lot of trees around. <laughs> they just found somebody else's house that was friendlier without a dog, I suspect, huh, Tom? 
That's right. Wow. It works. You know that the whole um, uh, critter control thing of you know if you don't want squirrels and mice and all that, just make them feel like tomorrow's lunch. They tend to move away and find some other place to live. I like your suggestion. So the dog <laughs> kind of did the trick. I mean, granted, he got rid of them, but the dog kept them away. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hey, thank you. A little help from our friends. All righty. Thank you, Tom. All right. Bye. Bye. Tom's restating that uh, predator, a natural, not friendly, other critter around the yard, was unfriendly to squirrels. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of get rid of the squirrels, and then the dog is kind of the territory around the house. If you think of it as the defensive moat, M-O-A-T, the moat, to keep those critters from finding a new house. Uh, so I don't know that you want your dog around because they'll just stay in the house and run jump to the trees. Anyway, I see what's cooking with uh, my friend Brenda. Hey, Brenda, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hi. I called about we got a five-foot-long snake that went in a hole under our front porch. Holy smokes. Reach in there, grab him, see what he's got going with him there. You, you no, go f- no, 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 no. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, I know. I that's like co- spiders and snakes. Yeah. yeah I, it takes to love me. I'm with okay. you there, Brenda. I'm I'm not reaching down there to get that guy. No. We saw it peek out once. And yeah. we're like, hmm. Do you know what kind of snake it is? It's a five-foot black snake. All right. That's a good snake. He's the good guy. They're not poisonous. They eat critters. They keep all kinds of good things down. Uh, how inconvenient is the snake's hole there can you leave him alone just uh let him uh keep all the critters away i guess but i got pretty flowers like around you know with a little fence there before you walk in the front door all these little flowers that i like to go out and water but i'm like sweating a little bit when i go out there hoping it doesn't come out and jump and get around my neck well i'll tell you what um it uh, have you been out on the front porch much? Because typically, if you're around more, for example, in the spring and the fall, the summer, we go out in the patio. I think you'll find over time you just won't see them because they don't like you. You're too big. Um, so if you just kind of be around a little bit more or a pet, you know, or whatever, but frankly, trapping them and all that, you can get uh, services to come trap them. But you know what? They're pretty smart. They don't like us much either, and and if you're around more, they just will find another place. Now you have to go back and then seal up that hole. So it's it's not a big deal to plug the hole, but you don't want to plug them when they're in there. Not when, you know, five-foot snake is keeping your house pretty critter-free. Okay, well, well, my honey, he's in the car here, too. We're in the car. Well, I'll tell you he what. Says, can we, he says, can we lure him out and what? then plug the hole up? Well, you know what? You might call Jay from hour one. Um, and relocate uh, that snake over to where the squirrels are. Um, and boy, howdy, I think you're going to have a partnership made in heaven there. That, that squirrel, okay. the, that, those squirrels would really not like a five-foot black snake. But anyway, yes, you can if you can relocate them. But frankly, just being around, opening the door, going in and out, slamming the door, all they just don't like. And generally, they come out at dusk. And out mostly yeah. during night. So I, 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 I'm, I don't like snakes, but I sure like being roommates with them because they take care of the other ones I don't like, like squirrels and mice. Yeah. And, ugh, you know. I, okay. And they do scare All the right. bejeebas out of me too, Brenda, so don't, you know. <laughs> well, we saw it the first time at around noon. It was like we're 
he's like, look out the window. I'm like, we see this long snake. Go. It was almost like trying to get in the front door. It wanted lunch. With yeah. Us. Well, we haven't seen it since, but we saw it peek out his, you know, he peeks his head out and looks out, but stays under there. Okay. Yeah, well, if well, he we're pe- going to keep the snake. I, I would. Again, I think the, because you get that whole ecology thing, you get it unbalanced. That snake moves out. I guarantee you something else less desirable will move in. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to like snakes. Okay, fine. Yeah, so, you know, okay. so, well, it, it, snakes or mice and rodents, you, your choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Jay with the roof project with he's got a roof and gutter boards and squirrels living there for a few years. I'm sure he'll love to have your black foot, your five foot black snake. Okay. All right, Brenda. All right. Thank you. All righty. Bye bye. Yes, we love the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good question. Good part of it. Bye now. Okay. Well- there we go. I mean, you know, people say. Boy, I love your show. I, I love my show. This is, I mean, it, all this is is taking a little bit of experience from listener A to listener B or from me here on the microphone to a listener and then listener B adds something to that. And I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard me hear, say this before. This has been one of the greatest learning experiences of my life. I mean, I'm the guy that gets to sit here on the microphone and everybody calls and gives me their best answers. Wow. That's like, you know, learning on a fire hose. Uh, All right, let's see what's happening with my buddy Cindy. Hey, Cindy, Scott here. How can I help there? Good afternoon. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantabulous. You're on CAMOX. Okay. Hey, I have a question for you. I need to get some of that um, vinyl plank flooring stuff. Uh-huh. And I need waterproof because I have fur children, and they track in a lot of things. Uh-huh. But I keep seeing, like, there's some that's 4.5 millimeter thick, and there's all the way up to 8. And some have backing, like cork backing. Some have vinyl backing. What should I get? Now, this is, for, is, this is for your decking, correct? You're asking a decking question? No, no. House, flooring, vinyl plank flooring. Oh, okay. Well... All right. There is a commercial rating and a residential rating. For uh-huh. me and the rest of the world that don't have big dogs, um, the normal things are good. So the thickness is when you get to a commercial flooring, which is the airport, shopping centers, churches, schools, that sort of thing, it tends uh-huh. to get thicker and the surface gets harder. Uh, so, uh, and. Finding that higher quality material is uh, more at a professional supply house, not often found in the big box stores. So you're typically going to a different kind of supplier, maybe to a flooring center and say, I've got big dogs, big claws, and I don't want to, you know, I mean, I love you, but I I don't want to see you in four years when the claws tear up this floor. So vinyl is a good choice, but but gravitate to the top 10 to 15% of quality and price product. Well, I'm sorry. I meant that vinyl plank flooring, you know, that looks like wood. It snaps together, that stuff. A vinyl surface with particle, okay, kind of a laminate flooring product? Yeah, yeah. It's laminate, but I see all this luxury vinyl where it snaps together and... You know, some has torque back, some has a little bit of foam back. Yeah. That's what I'm at. 
Uh, so, yeah, no foam back. Basically, if if you're getting to a click together product and you've got big dogs, uh, generally those vinyl surfaces are pretty good. Uh, but you're out of my realm. You're you're into a specialty of flooring. I, I know enough to ask the same questions you are about dogs. But when you get to products specifically and click click together products, what happens is you're no longer in a professional quality because it's targeted to the retail homeowner market on an easy do-it-yourself install. Well, easy do-it-yourself install and price point is not necessarily suitable for 50-pound dog claws. You know, so just just be careful. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. So easy to install. And uh, for example, would you expect that product to be installed up at the uh, St. Louis airport? Probably not. No. Yeah, well, that's what it's going to take for big dogs. And small dogs, you get 10, 15 pounds, not a big deal. You get above 10 or 15 pounds, you're... um, you're an abusive setting for commercial flooring, and you need to gravitate to the top of the food chain. That's it. Okay. And that'll gotcha. take you primarily away from the home stores, home centers, and most retail spots, and you need to get into a like a, a real flooring company like a Stevens Flooring, something like that, that can really take you into products because they're used to installing in homes and, you know, churches, airport shopping centers, stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay, well, thank you very, very much. Yep, Cindy, uh, give that dog a pet and a hug for me then, and uh, good <laughs> luck on that floor. Okay, thank you, I will. <laughs> All righty, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, I hope you're having as much fun as I am. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a secret for you. I get to come in and do this every week, Then they pay me to talk and drink coffee. I can't believe what a gig. The Clock Radio wakes you with the weather forecast. Thunderstorm problems here. Your car leaves the driveway with the radio tuned for traffic. Hampton to Big Bend, heavy south 170. The voice from the speakers brings you closer to world, national, and local news. Blood fighting efforts statewide. The governor made his announcement. And who won the big game? The Cardinals with a good performance. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And as ordinary as the day may seem, we never take it for granted. Because every day, we do more than just news. We share the stories that affect your life. St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, today we're talking about uh, squirrels, critters, spiders, and snakes. Uh, you know, and like Brenda said, I don't like spiders or snakes. Anyway. Let's uh, see what's cooking here. We've got kind of a little thing. Let's see what's going on with our friend Nick. Sounds like he's got something about squirrels. Hey, Nick, what's cooking this afternoon here? Yeah, Scott. Uh, I had a similar problem with my son. He had a couple squirrels in his attic. Uh-huh. So I took a have a heart trap, baited it, put it up in the attic, uh-huh. caught the one. And then uh, after that, I disposed of him and got rid of him some way. Uh-huh. And then did the same thing for the other one. Now, it took a little while for the second one. Yeah. But I got him. But prior to that, I did cover up the holes because they chewed through the, the wood right under the, the eaves. Yeah. And they had two holes, so they had it in and out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, after I got rid of the squirrels, then at my own house, I had a problem with mice up in the attic. Yes. Now, when I used to have the uh, rat poison or whatever that was in little bits and pieces, yes, I took that and put 
little portions in little baggies and threw them all around upstairs in the attic. And after a while, there was no problem with the with the mice anymore. But you could hear them gnawing on things. Yeah. But uh, and the other bottom line is this: they did not smell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't have a problem with them smelling, because what would happen is the mother would have her little ones, and then she would bleed to death, and then the little ones wouldn't survive. Oh. So that's the because of the pellets. Yeah. The the yeah. That's how the decon or whatever the stuff was worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find nowadays because they got more of the solid chunks. Yeah. But you could probably cut those up in small pieces. They're still and, available in the small pieces. You just have to look around. It's 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 more of uh, what the big box stores stock. Is, so they they have the pellets. They're available. Products are out well, there. But anyway, that took care of the problem, and it didn't cost $1,000 to get yeah. rid of the squirrels. Yeah. You well, could buy the, several, have a heart traps or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's something you can do. You just have to be persistent with it. Those dar- And that second one, you make a good point. It took a while to trap the set. Those things learn from mistakes. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're yeah. They're, they're intelligent. <laughs> yeah, they were on this earth before we were, or at least any of us. I bet they know some stuff. Yeah, I remember seeing a program on TV where this, over in England, where this guy set up a, uh, a thing for the squirrels, mm-hmm. all kinds of hazards they had to get through to get to the food. And after about a day and a half, they survived and got the food. Wow. Nick, what did you cover the holes with on your uh, eaves there? Uh, well, basically what it was, it was wood, you mm-hmm. know, that they had chewed the holes through. So I just took some galvanized uh, steel. Yes. Metal. Yeah, yeah. And covered them with that. Yeah. And, of course, once I got rid of the squirrels, I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I kind of like the dog idea. That was rather clever, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, of course, that that had cost you over a period of time feeding your dog and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is an inanimate, inanimate solution. Yeah, and you don't have to get up and walk that heavy-gauge steel in the morning at 5 a.m. every morning. I, I, I like, I'm tracking with you there, Nick. Okay. <laughs> okay, Scott. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for the help. Bye. All right. Bye. Next up, let's see what's cooking on. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, you know, let's go with Ron here. He's got a concept. Hey, hey Ron, Scott Mosby here. Afternoons here on GameWax. How can I help? Yes, Scott. Uh, earlier you had a gentleman on there that was talking about air filters, and and you kind of indicated to stay away from the higher MERV rating on filters. Yeah. Yeah, and trying to look at it logically, uh what you see in the stores now, there's a lot of these three, four, and five-inch thick filters coming out. Right. And looking at it logically, I, it seems like the reason they're doing that, for one reason, well, they're, 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 they last longer, but when you go to like a three or four or five-inch filter, you're increasing the surface area so that even if you have a higher MERV, even though the holes, may, like you said, are smaller, when you increase the surface area, uh, you you reduce the restriction to the airflow. So it seems like the advantage of the thicker filter is to allow you to go to a higher filtration 
Mm -hmm. uh, without actually restricting the airflow as much. And I wanted to get your comments on that. Oh, I totally agree. My my biggest point is once you get above, when you get to a 10 or 11 MERV, you're down to the pollen and tiny particulates. If that stuff's in your house and it's a problem for you, I mean, if it's a respiratory issue or you've got, you know, highly allergic uh, residents, it's more of a supply issue than a removal issue because if you have good filtration for a year, you can clean up a house, but you can't get the stuff out of the dust or the carpets. Uh, You know, we did a really involved project some years ago, um, large, beautiful And the lady came and took all of her furniture she'd been collecting from around the world for 20 years, put it in there, and she moved in the first day and she couldn't live there because all that stuff from around the world she was allergic to, and it was hundreds of pieces. She furnished the apartment and just couldn't live there and had no idea what the – well, because we had just built the place, you know, or remodeled it. So that was suspect as well. Brought in a biologist and somebody specialized in all these particulates like, oh, no, it's all the furniture. I guarantee that stuff from Africa and this from – you know. So, again, if you have an issue where you had to remove that small of particles for comfort of the residents, you've got a supply or origin problem with – the dust usually in carpeting, uh, fabric furniture that's old, uh, or, or you know, throw rugs that really, and, and even sometimes dirty window covers. So, again, my point is, that, and I totally agree with what you're saying, Ron, and that's why I like those four-inch filters. It's just big media, just a whole bunch of area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, more is not better. Once you get to 10 or 11, if that's making a difference in your life, then you need to, you've got holes in the walls of your house letting those dust things in or carpeting or other issues. So, I know restriction to airflow is critical on an air conditioner system. So, I think that's the reason they're going to the thicker filters is that with a particular MERV rating, uh, you have less restriction the thicker the filter you can go because you're like triple and or maybe even quadruple in the surface area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you don't have the restriction. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I, if I want to sell something to somebody, I just make it new, better, improve. Well, consumer here is Merv 10 or 11. Well, that's better than 7. Uh, maybe not. You're slowing down the airflow in your furnace unless you're getting a bigger, you know. So I appreciate your comment very much. Yeah. Yeah, the only problem with somebody that has an existing furnace, uh, if you have a one-inch filter now, you'd have to have the ductwork modified to be able to accommodate the bigger filters. But if you're getting a new furnace, it seems like it's an advantage to get the the thicker filters. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm 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 totally and I like passive. I mean, if I have to have electricity to make it work, or I can have another product that doesn't take electricity to make, you know, I I'm 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 right there with you there, Ron. Very much so. Okay, Scott, like your program. Thank Listen you, to sir. it all the time. Yeah, all right. You're part of it today, brother. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bye now. Bye now. Stay tuned. More coming up here on University of Camwex. Save the date, Thursday, September 5th. And take the day off work and join KMOX at Bush Stadium. Take me out to the ball game. It's KMOX Day at the ballpark as the Cardinals take on the Giants. Get your tickets now. With your purchase of a special theme ticket, you'll receive the very collectible Talking Dual Bobblehead featuring broadcasters John Rooney and Mike Shannon. Plus a limited number of exclusive pregame meet and greet Rooney and Shannon tickets are on sale as well. KMOX Day at the ballpark, Thursday, September 5th. Tickets on sale now. Get yours at kmox.com slash theme. 
Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Gutterworks on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Scott here. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. Uh, we've got some good things happening. Cards coming up tonight. You might have to, you know, go to bed late. Hey, uh, come on, eight about eight ten, something like that. So stay tuned. Cardinals, all kinds of things. Hey, did you hear the Blues won the Stanley Cup? You you, you didn't. You, you, what planet were you on? Okay, let's see what's cooking with my buddy here, Charles. Hey, Charles Scott, how can I help you, my friend? Good afternoon on Camwax. I have. Uh casement wood windows and it seems like the top and the two sides of the windows are in great shape but uh, in some instances the bottom of the uh, window has rotted so rather than replacing the entire window can the bottom of the window be repaired um meaning the sash itself the movable portion uh well, the bottom of the window, I guess that's what you call it, the sash. Yeah, the sash, if it actually moves, the part that opens and closes, those on a casement typically can be just as one big piece removed and then reinstalled. If it's the frame, if it's the actual uh, bottom sill of that casement window, which is the first thing that rots out on any window, that's typically a new window, a replacement. So, I see. Uh, just be, think of it as the foundation. The frame of the window is what actually gets installed in the house. And then the sash is the thing that with screens and glass in it that opens and closes, slices up and down, or as your casement, it hinges in and out. Um, those are pretty easy to change, the sash is. The frame is like the foundation of a house and takes a little more major surgery to get that replaced. Uh, you can take out the sill and put in a new one, but you wind up with a ton of labor, a whole bunch of expense, and it's kind of a jerry-rigged kind of deal. So by the time you start replacing, unless you're on a historic house, uh, you're usually financially facing replacement windows to where at least you, it's still a lot of money, but you get a whole new window for it. Is there any particular company, or do you just have a carpenter that would uh, replace that bottom part? Uh, yeah, the, the issue is you need a really fine trim carpenter to do that, and they need to be a remodeling-type carpenter. It's not somebody that frames houses or anything like that. This tends to be um, a surgical scalpel work as opposed to hammer, big nails, and saws. So you're, you're welcome to call my company, Mosby Building Arts. We're well-versed in that, have that kind of a crew. But I'll warn you, by the time you see how much it costs to fix a window, you're, you will have bought a window, too. So it's very seldom that we, unless we have really special windows historically accountable where in a historic district or something, um, you can get into the upper end of nice wood windows for the same price as surgically replacing a bottom. I see. You see what I mean? It, yes. It, it's kind of like, you know, uh, after you buy a new engine, new tires, um, all new suspension and replace the gaskets on your car, well, you just already bought a new car. Which one do you want to do? It's like, well, it's, you know, they're both expensive, but one, I get a new car. So that's what's going to happen in, as you engage somebody that'll tell you the truth anyway. Very good. Thank you very much. All right, Charles, you bet. And uh, I love wood casement windows, by the way. Uh, I love them. Yes, so do I. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, good luck, my friend. Thank you. All right, bye now. Bye. And then when you get a, a casement window opens and closes like a door. 
So we'll do a little bit on uh, window uh, 101, maybe 201. Um, double hung windows, uh, there's the frame. And then sash, S-A-S-H, those are the movable pieces that go up and down to open and close the window. Double hung means the bottom goes up and the top one, top sash, moves down as well. Why? Well, if you get downtown, Soulard, Lafayette, the historical old houses that have 9 and 10-foot ceilings, why do they have 9 and 10-foot ceilings? Well, heat rises. So in the summer, day like today, top half of that room is a lot hotter than the bottom, well, leave the bottom sash closed, drop the top sash, let the hot air out, or lift up the bottom sash three or four inches, the top one down three or four inches, cooler air comes in the bottom, rises to the top as it heats, exhausts at the top. So a double-hung window it was historically done for uh, cooling, if you will. Single-hung window, when they started making houses and such, well, air conditioning came on the line. One moving sash is a lot less costly, so in subdivisions, manufactured homes, single-hung single windows became the ticket. Well, casement, the old hinging windows, which are usually more expensive, nicer window, has more hardware in it. You can crank them open two inches or whatever, a little more security in them, uh, usually in the better quality brands of windows. Um, so that's a casement window. Awning, like an awning, it hinges with the hinges on the top and it opens only at the bottom. That's an awning window, A-W-N-I-N-G, awning window. Anyway, enough of that. I think I'm putting somebody to sleep here. Let's see what's cooking with my buddy here, uh, Ron. Hey, Ron, Scott Mosby, Cam Wicks. Uh, how can I help you, my friend? Well, this is another one on the uh, filters for the furnaces, for air conditioning and that. Yes. The one caution is you, you need to be sure that you don't... Uh, over filter. In other words, too dense a filter because if the airflow is such, the fan will actually suck a vacuum. And if that suction gets too high, it'll uh, put pressure on the drain line of the catch pan oh, on the A coil. And instead of the water flowing out, the condensate water flowing out, it'll flow into your furnace and out on the floor and all that kind of stuff. So there's a real balance that yeah. uh, needs to be uh, applied here. Yeah, by the yeah, you're also flirting with that Legionnaires. You start sucking condensate yeah. up and out. It gets it gets ugly fast, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, hey. but just just a heads up, you can, in an effort to uh, overfilter the thing, really mess up your uh, the airflow in uh, your heating and cooling cycle. Ron, you know a little stuff, I can tell. Uh, what do you like in filters? What's in your home? Uh, just a regular old fiberglass. Uh, one unit has a, a two-inch filter, uh, and the other has a four-inch. Yeah, so you like a big filtration. Why did you choose those thicker filters? Normal ones are one inch, so you got twice as big and four times. Why yeah. did you choose those? Basically, they were sized with the furnace equipment. Yeah. And and based on the guidance uh, from my heating and cooling guy. Nice, nice. Hey, Ron, thank you very much, my friend. You make a You're lot welcome. of sense. I hope people followed us through that. Take care. All right, bye now. Bye. Ron's point is if you block the air, for example, get too dense, too tight, too fine, too high of a MERV rating, 1011, real high, that 
is the same as blocking the airflow. So the more filtration you have, the less air goes through it. Well, okay, so the pushing part of the fan gets less. But the vacuum, the sucking part through the return air doesn't stop. So you get an imbalance. Uh, for example, you can freely inhale, but you can't exit. Well, it just, it really messes with stuff. So that was more of an engineering type um, analysis. Just a very good point. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see what's happening here. We got uh, William, we sneak him in here in the next one minute here. Hey, William, how can I help my friend? Hi, Scott. Thanks for having your show. It's very helpful. Yeah. And uh, I've got a, an issue. A contractor did waterproofing at uh, uh, my girlfriend's uh, daughter's house. Mm -hmm. And um, it is not working properly. The sump system's not working properly. And then the repairs on the wall are leaking. And um, he is telling me that the warranty wasn't transferred properly, even though it came out last year. And said that it was and now he's balking and saying it wasn't transferred properly and he's not returning calls and didn't know if i should have it fixed with a third party go ahead and have it fixed to deal with the problem and then deal with the rest of it another way or um i i again um i i don't know the facts i would actually having you know past chairman of the better business bureau I, i'm going to guide you to the bbb.org bbb.org Okay. Uh, I think this is a perfect, because you don't know um, about this warranty. Well, they have a mediation system and service that you can, you know, they'll, anyway, the BBB goes to bat for both you and the contractor, and they will mediate to a fair and impartial settlement. So I, that's what I think you're looking for. And, um, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, and we have an extraordinary, we have one of the top 10 BBBs in the country right here. It, this is... Uh, big endorsement for the Better Business Bureau here in St. Louis. Okay. Okay, I'll go that route and um, just go uh, do do that and see uh, where that leads then. Yep. Good luck, my friend. Uh, and yes. uh, let us know how it turns out, too. I sure will. Thank you again. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby came away. We can call it the Home Improvement Show, or we can just call it the Consumer Education uh, Fair Practices Act. Anyway, um, I, I enjoy I, I've had a good time the last two, the, two hours here on KMOX. Thank you. Stay tuned. More coming up on KMOX.